We are back here for episode 29 of the Play Like a Champion show, a podcast from Play Like a Champion today. I'm Pete Piscatello. I'm excited to be joined once again by Kristen Sheehan. We want to thank you for listening to today's episode. If you've missed any of our previous 28 episodes, we invite you to go back and take a listen. I think you'll enjoy conversations with some of the brightest minds in youth and high school sports. You can find those, download them, and subscribe on the podcast app of your choice and rate and review the show if you have an opportunity to do so. You can also learn a lot more about what we do on our website at playlikeachampion.org where you can find links to connect with us on social media. Today we are excited to be joined by a great friend of ours. We've had the privilege of knowing Corey Miner for nearly a decade now. The Notre Dame graduate was a defensive star for the Fighting Irish in the 1990s before being drafted into the NFL Following four seasons as a pro, he became an entrepreneur and now a coach. A great motivational speaker, Corey is the head coach at St. Margaret's Episcopal School in San Juan Capistrano. He's also a longtime Play Like a Champion trainer. We'll get more into all that on today's show. But first, I'm going to welcome in Kristen. Kristen, our guest today was a standout on the gridiron, but I understand you've been busy this fall watching your own young football player. Tell us about that. Hey, listeners. Happy fall, and fall is football, right? (laughs) Uh, I guess unless you play soccer in the fall. But for our family, it's football, football, football. And yeah, we have our youngest son, Danny, playing football for DePaul University. With uh, uh, those of you who don't know, DePaul is in Greencastle, Indiana. It is a Division III school, very um, well known for its academics. And Danny is just having a blast on the football team for the Tigers. And we, yeah, we've been following him around, you know, um, enjoying the atmosphere and getting to know the families. You know, we're, we're on the football listserv and we do a tailgate with everybody. So there's a lot of fanfare and it's super fun uh, watching him experience that collegiate uh, life in football. And, you know, uh, Danny is, uh, for those of the listeners who don't know me, I'm very short in stature. So Danny's not like a big guy, uh, you know, so he's a, he's a running back and a receiver and um, he's getting a little bit of time out there on the field. But the, the best part, in our opinion, he gets to return kickoffs, which is very exciting and fun. And uh, last weekend, he ran 40 40 yards after the kickoff. So we were, yay! (laughs) It is fun seeing the videos uh, uh, of him playing. And, you know, probably most of our listeners, I would imagine, are are football fans, whether high school or college or or pro team. Uh, And after really a weird, it's been a weird year for everybody, but certainly a weird year for football last fall, it is kind of refreshing as the the weather begins to change for most of the country to have football back and to be watching games on the weekend is, uh, is fun once again. So, and we have our own football star here to dazzle you all today. So welcome to the show, Corey Miner. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Our listeners are in for such a real treat. (laughs) And you know, what we always like to start with is to ask our interviewees about the role sports played in in your childhood. When did you start playing and what sports did you play? I mean, was it always football for you or did you have other sports you enjoyed growing up? Sure. So it's funny. My my mom kept me in sports to stay active, right? So I went from basketball 
uh, flag football to baseball. And it was kind of a, a never-ending cycle. Even when I wanted to take off, she's like, no, you can't. You, you, you're doing something, right? Um, and, and so for me, uh, you know, sports for me was just kind of the outlet to be able to, you know, connect with my friends, um, to learn some life skills that now I realize today were real beneficial, you know, that I learned growing up. But more importantly, it was, I think, a way for my mom to get, get a break, too. <laughs> you know, like, let, me, let me put him in sports so I can have him into myself. And so sports taught me so much. And I'm really, really, really just grateful for that time in sports because at the end of the day, it, it taught me just so many values that I use today, so many principles in life uh, that I think are, are just are really, really just mandatory, in my opinion. We'll dive a little more into some of those values, uh, but your uh, your sport that took off was certainly football, and sure. uh, a great high school career led to a scholarship at the University of Notre Dame. Uh, you were a four-year defensive starter for Coach Lou Holtz and then Bob Davies. Uh, and in fact, you remain, and I looked this up to make sure it's still the case, the <laughs> second all-time at Notre Dame in sacks with 22 and a half sacks at, uh, at Notre Dame, if I'm not mistaken. So talk about that experience. What were some of the blessings uh, of, of that career at Notre Dame and also maybe some of the challenges of playing such a high level? Sure. I think the biggest thing was being homesick, right? I'm, I'm a mama's boy, single mom, right? So when I got to Notre Dame, uh, I was like, wait, this is, there's just no way I can, I can be here. Right. Uh, you know, uh, then my first winter was negative 70 with the windshield. I'm from Southern California. So this was like, no, like this is, this is not happening. Right. Um, but that was an adjustment that I, I got through uh, as time went on. Uh, but I think the biggest thing was, um, you know, coming in and, and, and kind of proving myself. Right. I, I came in with so many accolades. Um, Half of them probably I didn't deserve. God is good. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, Lou Holtz always said, listen, Corey, be yourself. Right. Don't don't try to be anything else. Anybody else. Just be who you are and let your talents come through. And and that's what I did. And, and listen, I you know, people tell me to this day. And of course, I know the stats now, but I also am second on time for tackles for loss. Um, and so I was first couple, to a couple years ago, oh, well, a few more years ago than Justin Tuck kind of got me in sacks. So I'm, I'm, I'm second and second. And when I, when I look back on my career, uh, truly blessed right? to start, you know, all four years at Notre Dame. Um, and, and to play top-notch football uh, and, and to play pretty well and to be honored uh, to be in those same conversations as Justin Tuck and uh, uh, Ross Brown as far as uh, Tigers for Loss. I'm just, I'm just truly honored. And, and, and really, it's, it's, it's not about me. It's, it's more about the man above and my players around me. They, they really helped me become a better player uh, and a better leader. And so I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for them for sure. Well, I think, uh, well, I know the three of us on this call are big fans of Lou Holtz, uh, and he yes. is certainly one of the great coaches and, and characters in yes. the history of college football. You played for him. Uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't ask about what it was like being recruited uh, sure. by Lou and then sure. uh, playing as a freshman for him. Sure. What was it like? And, you know, maybe do you have any uh, any stories that you can at least tell on the, uh, on the podcast? Here? Sure, sure. Well, listen, first of all, he's a great magician. I'm not sure people know that or not. He's a phenomenal magician. And so he came to my home and, and I lived in Laverne, California, and we had family and friends over. He did about three or four, three or four magic trips. People were just like, oh, my God, like, Lewis, he's a magician. He's really, really good. Um, so, you know, he has a, a phenomenal a warmth and funny side to him. But uh, listen, he, he was a father figure to me for sure. Right. Without a doubt. Um, when he, he told my mom, listen, he said, Miss Minor, um, your son can go anywhere in the country, but he will, he will not. And he, he said he will not mature and develop into a man. Like I can make him man in, in this university, and so he, he still he still true to, he still true to that, and uh, truly blessed and truly thankful. Um, his door was always open, right? Didn't matter what the issue was, school, uh, home, 
girlfriend, didn't matter what it was, his door was always open. He was always there to greet you. And more importantly, let you know, listen, at the end of the day, I still love you. No matter how bad you messed up with something, right? He still loved you, right? And so uh, just to get to know him on the level that I know him was, was special to me. You know, we, we, we are beyond the whole, you know, player coach relationship, right? We are, that's a friend of mine, a uh, father figure. Uh, we, we still talk to this day. Um, so, uh, you know, having him go after my second year, my sophomore year was really hard for me. And in fact, I thought about transferring. A lot of people don't know that uh, because he was a big reason why I came to Notre Dame. Besides the academics, he was a real reason why I came there. And so him not being there to me just felt empty. Right. It felt like I, I was doing this, doing this alone. And that's not what I signed up for. But um, at the end of the day, Notre Dame is a place you just, you just can't leave from. Right. It's just too special. And, and it, it holds such high regards for me in my heart. And so but uh, but my time with Lou Holtz was absolutely amazing. He is an amazing man, amazing mentor. Uh, but more importantly, just a general just a gentle giant. Now, what you see on TV is true. Like, he's a short stature, but he, he he's fiery, right? He yells at you, grab your face mask, right? You know, but uh, but but he he would he would tear you down and break you up and build you up in the same sentence. And that's to me what a, what a coach should be, right? That's to me, and that's how I emulate with my players, right? Uh, he will he he will get on you, get on you, get on you, but in that same sentence, he'll make you feel like you you, you were you were on top on top of the uh, you know on, on cloud nine. Well, I share your love, obviously, for Notre Dame, being a Notre Dame graduate, too, and the, the place gets in your heart. And even though Coach Holtz was not my uh, coach, I, I love the guy, too. Yeah. <laughs> He's Hard like, not to. His energy is infectious. Sure, you know? it truly and is. I love hearing his former players tell stories about him. It truly is. Well, uh, after your Notre Dame career, you moved on to the big big time. You played in the NFL with the San Francisco 49ers and the Carolina Panthers. And tell our listeners what that experience was like. And you know, would you do it over again? And if so, would you change anything? It's a great question. Um, so listen, it was phenomenal. It was never a dream of mine going to go NFL. It was, I really believe it was God's plan. That, hey, listen, I'm going to give you these so many years, right? These four or five years. And I thought you need to figure it out, right? And so um, true blessing. Gave me a head start in life financially. I, I met some amazing friends, relationships I have to this day. Played in some great games. Played with some great competition uh, on the same side as me and against me. Um, absolutely phenomenal. Wouldn't change it for the world. So blessed to have the opportunity. I, I think it's like point oh 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 one people get to do that, right? It's, and so I'm honored and, and thank God every single day. Um, but it is a business. I think, unfortunately, because of business, you lose that love for it like you have in high school and college, right? That passion for it, that drive for it. Because, listen, at the end of the day, um, you, are, you are a piece of meat when it's all said and done. I hate to say it, use that analogy. Uh, but if another guy comes in, he's cheaper than you and better than you, then you're probably gone, right? So, at the end of the day, you have to get your money, you to make, make your time there worthwhile, uh, make all the connections you can make, and then get out healthy, right? So, the question becomes, you ask me, would I do it over again? Krista, what I know now, I'm not sure. Or you, you have to pay me a whole lot more money nowadays. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, I, I just know too much now uh, from a business standpoint and life skills standpoint. Uh, I'm not sure. I would definitely have to think about it for sure. And, and not that I don't love the game, not that the game didn't mean a lot to me. It's just that from from concussion standpoint, from how my body feels today, I don't know. Especially especially what I know now, you know, in, in the real world of business and, and, and how successful you can be. Um, I'm not sure, but but I tell you what, the time that I did have there, uh, it meant the world to me. 
Yeah, I can I can understand that. And that's kind of what led me to ask that question, because sure. everything we know now, like you said, about concussions, it, we didn't know all that sure. when we were playing. So sure, um, totally. I think we kind of knew the toll it was taking on your body in, in general, um, but we even know more now about that. Um, well, you know, you talked about Coach Holtz and um, story about how he was impactful in your life. You had a whole lifetime of coaches from the youth level to the high school into the yeah. professional world. Uh, what coaches stand out in your memory and why do you remember them? Sure. I think the ones that stand out were the ones who were always positive and motivating, right? The ones who, again, would would still get on you, right, but would still build you up, right? So for me, um, I, I go back to um, John Toygo, who was my Pop Warner coach, who's passed away. Um, he would just get on me nonstop. And he would say, well, why do I have to get on you for you to play at this level? Why can't you just do this naturally? You know, he would get on me tremendously. Uh, my mom, he was the only coach my mom would let get on me, actually. Um, and then my high school level, right, I had guys like uh, Mike DeFury, uh, Tom Salters, uh, Mike Prades, uh, Moverhill, uh, Bill Moverhill. Um, uh, there's, there's so many people who, who I, I can think of who just really uh, Escalera, um, um, Coach Martinez, who just shaped, shaped my direction. And, and if it wasn't for those coaches there, I wouldn't be who I am today. They really, Joe Rogers, who passed away, who put me, who actually put me a linebacker. I got beat at safety. He's like, he's like maybe safety's not a position for you. Let's try you at linebacker. And the rest is history, right? So I thank him every single day. Because if he didn't do that, who knows if I would even, who knows if it's Corey Miner at all, right? If he didn't make the move and moving from safety to linebacker. And so I'm so indebted to those coaches because they cared. It wasn't about me, me playing the game. It wasn't about what they can get from me down the road. It was, they actually cared about me as, as a human being, as a, as a man, and helped me to grow uh, into a man. And so I'm forever grateful and can't thank them enough uh, just for, for their superior leadership across the board. Well, after your playing career ended, you uh, you become an entrepreneur, a motivational speaker. Uh, we'll talk about your role training coaches for Play Like a Champion here sure. before we uh, before we close down. But uh, the last few years, you've been a football coach at St. Margaret's Episcopal School in San Juan Capistrano, California. Uh, tell us what that's been like. What's your mission in that role? Yeah. What advice can you give other coaches of young people? Yeah, I think I, I really believe the, the coaching era that I was in, um, when I was a player, is different, right? I think back in the day, you could yell at kids and scream at kids and berate them and cuss them out. I think that's over with. And I think coaches who still do that, I don't think they have much success. I really don't. Because I think it's, it's a new athlete today. It's a new kid today. And they need to be loved on a little bit more. They need to be hugged a little bit more. They need to be cared for a little bit more. They need to be nurtured a little bit more. And I'm all about that. And so that's how I coach, right? I'm all about, you know, I'll get on you, but I'm all, I'm a love on you. And at the same time, I'm going to get on you, right? Uh, but I'm also, when I get on you, I'm going to get on you in a way where you feel like you're empowered to go have success, right? And, and so uh, me coaching wow. these young men here has been a blessing for me because at the end of the day, right, I get to share my experiences with them, right? I get to bless, I'm blessed to coach uh, at a school that's, that's, they're well off, right? It's 40 grand a year to go here, right? You know, most kids, you know, uh, you know, live in beautiful big homes in Newport and, 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 you know, Santa Margarita. And so it's, it's a big population here of kids who are, who are well off. And so I didn't come from that. So I get to share my experiences and help them see something different, right? We call this the St. Margaret's bubble, right? Because you can leave thousand dollar golf clubs out all weekend and nobody bothers them, right? You can leave a MacBook out all weekend, but where I'm from, you leave it out, it's on, it's on eBay being sold already, right? Where I'm from, right? So, you know, sharing different experiences that I, that I have, right? You know, when George Floyd was killed, we had we got on a Zoom call with my kids. And our kids, my kids are 99% white, right? Got on a Zoom call with my kids and we talked about that. I talked about racism, what I faced, right? And so they can understand, right? And, and they can really 
have an idea of that this isn't this isn't normal, right? Our St. Mark's bubble isn't normal. When you leave here, it's a different world outside of here. Um, and so that's been really special, you know, for me. And so uh, coaching these young men has been a true joy. And I'm sorry, young women too, right? Because we have female on our team. So she, 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 she always corrects me when I say that. So I got to make sure I don't mess that up. Uh, young women as well, because at the end of the day, um, I, I just I just want to be um, kind of a, a puzzle, you know, in, in their life, right? And so uh, whatever they can get from me was leadership, um, love, support, connect, whatever they can get from me, they can use the next level. That's, that's all I care for. I love winning games. And I want to win, but I, I believe, I believe, you know, breeding leadership from, to young men and young and, and young women that breeds winning. And I'm all about that. And, and I don't know anything else to do. And so we can go, Oh, and 10, but if someone says, Corey, listen, I learned so much from you. The values you gave me, right. Will help me at the next level. Then I, we still won. We still won. And that's to me that the whole, to me, that's the whole big scope. And when it's all said and done is, is to see my kids 20 years from now inside Trader Joe's, right. Or, or, or Kroger's, right. I say, Hey, Chris, is that you? Hey, coach Miner. How, oh my God, how are you? Good to see you. How's everything, Chris? Everything is great. Coach Miner, this is my wife, Tina, my two boys, Chris and Sam. Coach Miner, I can't thank you enough for everything you gave me, right. Support the love, the values, the commitments. I would not be who I am today without you. That's me. The end goal. That's the end goal. That's it's nothing more than that. If I can do that, if I can do that, Christian and Peter, then I've I've done my job here. Well, you you certainly do a great job with that. And for our listeners who probably have figured this out at this point, uh, Corey also a sought after motivational speaker, and and you can tell just by listening to him. I'm I'm fired up just listening to the last uh, several <laughs> minutes of you speak. Uh, but you've talked a lot to not only obviously coaching and the students you coach, um, but also corporations, schools, um, you know, other people, yeah. what are some of the key topics you, you seize upon, uh, when you're, you know, talking to people, trying to motivate them? Uh, and you know, what would you say about that? Sure. Thank you for uh, Peter. I appreciate that. I think the biggest thing I love to say is, is, is listen, you're going to be knocked down. Like that is, that is life. Right? I, don't, I don't care. You're black, white. I don't, I don't care. Female, male. I don't care. Rich, poor. You're going to be knocked down. How you respond it's critical, right? Because you can you can lay down there and stay down, or you can get up and keep going again, right? So I'm always talking about kind of how to win and how to win in life. I don't, care, I don't care what you're doing, whether you can you can be a you can work in private equity, you can be a school teacher, you can be a coach. How do you win, and what does winning look like? That what does it look like for you? And at the end of the day, if if you don't have the values, right, to say, okay, listen, at the end of the day, this is what I stand for, and this is what I believe in, and this is what I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna hedge my, my money on, then then how do you really get better? Right. How do you really how do you really grow? Uh, and so for me, you know, I'm blessed to speak to corporations. I do a lot more sales team training now, you know, help, helping the sales team to become empowered. All right. To really you know, hit the optimal level in sales. And for me, the, the biggest the biggest uh, gift that I come away with is seeing someone's light come on. When I'm when I'm, when I'm doing a, a two hour presentation or a 30 minute talk, I seeing the light come on. And saying, I, I get it now. Like, I understand it now. I get it. It's all about me. There's nobody else. Right. I always say this, there's nobody else coming to your rescue. Right. So if you're if you're in a life, you're, if your life right now is not where you want to be at, that's on you. There's nobody else coming to your rescue. So what will you do to change that? Right. Listen, we all we all have a born day. We have an end day. There's a dash in the middle. How you live that dash is up to you. Right. It's up to you. And at the end of the day, um, you can have you can have you can make this a most impactful, meaningful life. Or you can say, "What was me?" and and he and he held me down, or she held me down, or I didn't I didn't get started because that person over there. You can blame everybody else, but when it's all said and done, you might you might want to point a finger a finger out that way, but there's three coming back at you, right? 
So look at yourself first. The joy of you being a motivational speaker, Corey, is your energy, you know? I mean, <laughs> your, your, your content is a quality, but sure. your energy is what's so special. And it's contagious. Thank uh, you like, so much, Kristen. I'm, I'm feeling fired up too. Thank you, thank you, thank uh, you. So uh, I was uh, thrilled to meet you back in 2013. Yes. When Play Like a Champion was seeking to recruit some Notre Dame graduates to train our Los Angeles high school coaches. Yeah. And uh, you and Carrie Hastings were our finalists and yes. earned that position. And so the two of you train every Los Angeles high school coach right? for the diocese. I mean, that's that right? So cool. You know that there have been more than 2,500 coaches trained, wow. and you and Carrie have done uh, 2,000 of those. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I got to post that somewhere today. That's really cool. I never, I never knew that. <laughs> uh, so cool. what do you see is the value of training coaches? <sighs> Great question. I think the biggest value is helping coaches realize that they, they have their instrument, right? They're, they, they're, they're more than a coach. I talk, I talk about all the time. I know you both heard me. I said, listen, you're a coach. You're, you're, you're a father, an uncle, an agent. <laughs> you're a therapist, right? You, you do everything for your players because you, they're probably around you more than anybody else, you know? And, and so let, having our coaches realize that they have the power to impact. Let me say that again. You have the power to impact. You know, many coaches feel like they just come to practice and do their thing and go home. No, 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 no. Your, jo your job, your role is much bigger than that. And until you embrace that, you, in my opinion, you will never have the success that, that, that's warranted until you realize the impact you have in driving these young men and women. And when you have that and you come from that place of service, there's nothing like it. So that's the power of the coach and the ministry of a coach. Um, what, are, what are the like kind of more academic elements of the workshop do you like, you know, talking about the flow experience or sure. about our flow approach sure. or maybe parents as partners? What among that is your favorite? Sure. Oh, for sure. Grow. Uh, grow is my favorite, right? I, I think, you know, when you talk about growing and understanding that it, it, it all leads to success when it's all said and done, right? It all leads to success uh, and, and well-being amongst your organization, and I love grow. Me and Carrie go back and forth. You do it this week. I do it this week. You know, we go back and forth. Who does it each week? Uh, each time we do it. Uh, but grow is probably my first. And then probably the flow piece is next. Because Carrie can never say the guy's name right. And I always tease her about that, which is the best part of our presentation. Um, you know, and I think having that. and Because I, I think the flow part, right, is how can, as coaches, how can we get our young men and women in flow more often, right? They play at that high level more often, right? And not just because you're playing a weaker opponent. Okay, I, I get the opponent's weaker than you, but how do you stay up here? I know they're down here, but I don't. we can't come down. How do we stay here? And that's the big mystery for me, right, is every single time to get my young men and women, right, to play here. No, no, we're not going to play here. Here, what's that look like? Well, first of all, it starts in practice, right? With the mentality that, listen, at the end of the day, we're going to play at a high level, period. That's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to play at a high level, and we're going to talk about it every single day at practice, right? And then we're going to go live it. What's that look like? Certain drills, right? Uh, you know, is, is that watching certain film? Whatever it may be, but how do we get our, our team to play at a high level consistently? Uh, that piece to me is always uh, always warranted because it's such, it's such a necessity in, in, in sports. Me high, she sends me high. Uh, the, Good, uh, job, the Peter. Game, Good job, Peter. Yeah, there we go. Uh, I've looked that up a few times. Uh, but for those of you who don't know out there about the flow experience, one, you're going to have to attend our workshop and uh, uh, and learn more about it. But uh, uh, certainly a, a huge element of, as, as Corey mentioned, um, coaching. 
you know, every time I do the high school clinic, I have to re-listen on, you know, you Google, how do I pronounce every, because it's, it's hard to even remember. <laughs> yeah, it is. Absolutely. Uh, I believe a University of Chicago uh, researcher and professor uh, that uh, has done a great work with that. So, well, we're grateful for you taking the time here today uh, to talk with us and obviously leaving us all motivated. Uh, so we're going to get you out of here on this. You have a lot of experience with the mantra play like a champion, right? Uh, from hitting the sign in your playing days at Notre Dame to obviously now being a part of our team, uh, training coaches. So we'll ask you this, what does, what do the words play like a champion today mean to you? You know, I think this, I think it, it's, it's the ability to get up every single day, put your pants or shorts on one leg at a time, strap on your shoes and whatever you're doing it, go do it to the best of your ability. And knowing that it's not always going to be perfect, and when it's not perfect, you take that and you say, okay, what, what can I learn from this, right? Or how can I grow from this? And you go back and do it over again, right? When we hit that sign to go out, play like a champion, that's, we don't always play that way, right? We don't, it, don't, it doesn't always work out that way. But that's the goal. That's the mindset. That's, 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 the, that's where we're going. We're going to go play like a champion. And in that process, right, there's going to be some ups and downs. There's going to be some adversity. How do we fight through that? How do you experience that? And how do you keep going is so crucial. So for me, play like a champion means, listen, Yes, I'm going to give it 110%. I might fall short at some point, but I'm going to get back on that horse and I'm going to keep going. And if I don't stop, if I don't quit, then at some time I will say today, I play like a champion. All right. Amen, brother. <laughs> I'm fired up. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to tackle. You hit the pads. It's good. <laughs> Thank you so much, Corey. I appreciate you both. I really, really do. You guys are excellent. Thank you. So, thank you both. All right, Kristen. What a great time, as always, talking to Corey Miner. So full of energy and such a great speaker. Uh, what were your takeaways from our conversation? You know, it, Pete, we're, we're just sitting here smiling, right? Talking to him. That was That was just a fun interview. And um, I loved how his mom put him in the sports to give herself a break. I could see just little yeah. would be quite an energetic kid. And that was kind of my thing. My mom put me in gymnastics because I was always like bugging her and flipping around the house. And yeah, she said I needed to get some energy out. <laughs> uh, you know, I, this is kind of a silly thing, but I did not know that Coach Holtz was a magician. Did you know that? No, I did, I did not know that. And I could see that being really exciting for a family who's, you know, meeting him for the first time that he's doing something really funny like that. It's not surprising, though. <laughs> Having met him, it just is not surprising that that he would go in and do magic tricks. Yeah. The other thing that struck me about our conversation is the the stuff about racism, you know, that Corey is able to speak to young people who really don't have that experience and may not be enlightened as to that experience. And so that's invaluable uh, for, for those kids to speak to someone who doesn't look like them and actually open their hearts to learning what it's like uh, to look differently and some of the challenges that Corey experienced directly. Yeah, I thought that really stuck out as well. Just the fact that he's able to share his experience and growing up in a very different place, as he said, uh, than a lot of the you know the kids he's coaching, the, the students he's working with. So uh, very cool and always a, a valuable, certainly a valuable experience for them. I mean, I would I would love coming to school every day or coming to practice every day, and uh, and getting to work with him. So um, a treat for all of our listeners to uh, to hear from Corey today. 
Well, we want to thank everyone for joining us here on the Play Like a Champion show. Remember, you can subscribe and download the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Connect to us on Facebook at Play Like a Champion and Twitter and Instagram at PLC, the number four character. Also a reminder, visit our website where we continue to debut resources for athletes, coaches, and parents. Kristen, as always, thanks so much for being here. Looking forward to another great guest in a couple of weeks. (laughs) Thanks, Pete, and thanks to all of our listeners for being a part of our family. Have a great week, everyone, and wherever you are, remember to play like a champion each and every day. Thank you.